Say this with me. 2022 is going to be my best year ever. You know, I said that all last year, and we ended up paying off this church. And uh, all of us working together, you know, we, we did that. And this year also our theme is to what? Reaching out with great expectation. What does that mean? That means I want all of us to, to be comfortable at winning our world. We have some cards out there. You can just write your name on it. It has our website and everything. You befriend your world. Is LaRue here today? LaRue is, would you stand up, LaRue? If you're not, yeah, let's give her a hand. You don't even know what you're giving a hand for. She is, she is like, she is like our number one person that continues, although LaRue, I'm on it. I'm on it. In other words, she has been sending in all kinds of testimonies and, you know, I'm not going to ask you to do something I'm not doing myself. So what did I do this week? Well, I think I told you this. Well, it was Wednesday, I think. We came here Wednesday, right? <laughs> I mean, canceling everything, Jesus. All right. So, um, but Wednesday, my wife gave me the assignment to take my dog to get a manicure. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm staying in the car. I'm embarrassed. Will you come pick this dog up? And so, but there's this young man that, that came, and, and I befriended him. Say, how you doing? Have a good day? You know, whatever you talk about. And I said, hey, by the way, do you have a good church you go to? He said, they get startled sometimes because, especially when it's another race. You know, we're giving, we're giving other races a better experience because we're in the kingdom of God. Grace has no race. God's our father. We're in the same family. We have to learn his language, how to, how to conduct ourselves amongst people. So anyway, I invited him to the 9 or 11 or 7, and he said he will come. Then Friday night, we had a, a uh, family night, and some of you saw that on Facebook. How many saw that on Facebook? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, well, I was the um, coach. They played a game where they put... Uh, uh, yeah, plastic bottle and attach it to the fan so it would go like this. And so they get a few seconds to see sort of what the rhythm is. And then they'd have to close their eyes on three, two, one. So they're going like this and all kinds like that and that. But, uh, you know, we had a good night and I was a commentator and everything. So, but anyway, before that, we, we did a movie. And of all things, it is absolutely freezing. And so Joseph had the idea, hey, let's do Cold Stone. <laughs> well, so it worked out, and really, we always watch and, and look for opportunities, and I, I, didn't, I didn't embarrass anybody, Harvest Church, uh, because it was not, there was not anybody in Cold Stone but us. <laughs> you know, you re- need to be discreet sometimes, but uh, so I was getting my, um, what was I get? I got my... Um, yogurt, ice cream, and had fruit in there, and graham cracker crumbs. <laughs> I don't know what it is. They just put it in there. And then, anyway, so it was super good, and we enjoyed family, and I felt better because I was eating yogurt. All righty. So, but LaRue continually hands in 
um, invites and say this with me. I can do that. I can be friendly. Oh, the, the, forgot about Cold Stone. So anyway, my mind got on ice cream. And so I said, hey, do you guys happen to go to church or do you have a good church? And um, one guy was really sort of, you could tell he was out there. And so he sort of bristled up and said, I'm a Jew. I'm Jewish. And I wish I had thought about this. I would have said, Jesus was Jewish. <laughs> All right. So come check out our church. Jesus comes to our church. <laughs> All right. And then the other guy said, you know, I do have a church. I go to Harvest Church. I was like, all right, that's, that's good. We're, word's getting out, you know. You can touch people I don't touch. You, you can reach people I don't reach. Come on, who's in this with me? We're going to reach out this year. I, I believe this is a year of the harvest, and we're going to reach. And guess what? We're going to expect them to come. And I tell you what, because we're doing our job of helping expand the kingdom of God, and, you know, even if someone won't come, that seed's sown so someone else can come. So God has drawn them by the Spirit, and my family's laughing at me, so I better get going here. I don't know what I did. Okay, so we're talking about crushing the barriers of growth this year. And, and as a matter of fact, um, LaRue... Uh, her last testimony was, I invited a co-worker to Authentic. Yeah, that is an awesome event. And, and in the name of Jesus, man, let's invite people to Brave February 19th. And uh, so let's all talk to God about moving that weather pattern. All right? So we're crushing the barriers to growth this year, and our theme scripture is 3 John 1 and 2. And it says, the elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth, beloved, I wish above all things. This is the Apostle John being inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these words so that we can understand what God wants for our life. Say this with me. God's Word is God speaking to me. I can hear from God by reading His Word. That's how God predominantly leads us and guides us. And then as we get familiar with the voice of the Word of God, when ideas come to us as we're believing God for direction or whatever, it has to be in alignment with the Word, but it'll be that same voice that leads you. It will be familiar to you, the voice that the sheep are well acquainted with. But, you know, the only way we can grow and crush barriers of growth this year is to have a plan. And we talked about that last few weeks. So write a growth plan down. Get this piece of paper. Fill this out. These are out in the foyer, right? Yes? Yes, they are. So uh, probably at the information booth, I would imagine. So anyway, get one of these if you hadn't filled it out yet, and it's really good. So here's number one to crush your barriers. First of all, you got to set your, your roles in writing. Set goals for your particular roles. Put it down in writing. Habakkuk 2 says, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Didn't say think the vision. 
Write the vision of what you're going to do for yourself and your personal life. Write the vision for what you want to do with your family. In other words, where do I want my family to be at the end of this year? I want to have had relationship development, and how do you do that? Well, we, we, um, we choose dates on the calendar, and we get together as a family. And sometimes we'll go on trips together as a family. And then uh, you write down your devotional goals, you know. If you, if you want to be a better father this year, get a book. James Dobson's site is full of information that you can read on how to be a good dad, how to be a good mom. But if you know, you know, you can have that goal for 2022, but if you don't have a plan, you won't get there. I plan on being a more skillful father, leader, pastor by the end of this year, and I've got a plan to do that. And I'm, I'm all, I've already applied these and I'm applying these on my calendar, and I'm doing them. So it's not the goal that will make you successful. It's what you plan on doing about that goal on a daily basis, right? Uh, I, I, this is such a, a tremendous capsule, what I'm talking about here. Screencraft says, a dream written down with a date is a goal. A goal broken down in steps becomes your plan. And then a plan back up by actions causes your dreams to come true. Say it again with me. 2022 is going to be my best year so far. You ought to write that down somewhere. And right in the middle of a bad day, you say, you know what? 2022 is going to be the best year of my life. Then number two, we talked about crushing barriers by changing on the inside. In other words, Growth is internal before it becomes external. When we read the Word and all of a sudden God begins to help us to be more like Jesus, change shows up on the outside. It does. And on the inside, we need to win the battle of our attitude. Have a good attitude. On the inside, learn to walk by faith rather than what you see, the Word of God says, by sight. Win in the battle of your mind. Win by developing self-control. Missy, where were we the other day? And we were just, both of us were holding our self-control. I don't know, but we're like, let's hold it. It's none of our business. We're good. Just fine. All right. You know, you can get uptight about other people's decisions and what other people are doing. And, and so uh, we chose not to. So anyway, win on the inside by learning to be led by the Holy Spirit. Went on the inside by yielding to Jesus, not only as Savior, but as Lord. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 says, all has been heard. The end of the matter is fear God, revere and worship Him, knowing that He is, and keep His commandments. Now, number three, crushing barriers in our life means we have to put the past behind us to move forward. Philippians 3, 13, no Dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. You, you need to get over the past, and God will heal you. God will set you free from the past. Then you need to look at the right things moving forward because if you're not careful, you, you can sort of glance at the rearview mirror, and all of a sudden you'll begin to see all the things that you don't want to see, and it could cause a collision. Miles Monroe said, you are not free until your past has no effect on your future. Say, I'm free. 
You can never change what you don't confront and transform what you avoid. We talked about that. And hiding how you feel or how someone's actions hurt you will only result in resentment, anger, and frustration. So forgive others as well. Number four, crush barriers by making God your highest priority. I'm going to say it again that there's no... There's not that many people uh, who'll do this in their life. There's not many people that are seeking God first and His kingdom and righteousness. Everything else will be added to us. His kingdom, His way of doing and being right. There's no traffic jam on that second mile. But I'm inviting you to come on up and come on in. How many want God to do things for your life this year? Again, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness or his way of doing and being right, then all these things that you're wanting to happen will start happening. And so I think the more we focus on seeking God first, uh, the more things begin to happen in our life just just wonderfully. Uh, T.F. Tenney said it like this, speaking on the number four, uh, the fourth point, our highest priority is God. T.F. Tenney said, Jesus fed 5,000, but only 500 followed him after lunch. He had 12 disciples, but only one stood with him at the cross. It seems like the closer you get to the cross, the smaller the crowd becomes. But I've decided in my life, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord every single day, and we're going to put his ways and things above all. Number five, crush your barriers by learning and growing and sharpening your axe. Abraham Lincoln said, give me six hours to chop down a tree. I'll spend four hours sharpening my axe. You know, that's, that's what happens when you address goals. That's what happens when you have a plan to address those goals. You're sharpening your axe and you're able to make progress rather than maybe you felt like you hit that brick wall last year or, or, that, or that massive oak tree. But now, you, now you're learning skills to help you get through that. How sharp is your axe in becoming more like Jesus? How sharp is your axe by the relationships that you have? Your marriage, your finances, your career. Simply being a good man or a woman. Are you reading along the line of your roles? Proverbs 13, 19 says, when God fulfills your longings, sweetness fills your soul. But the wicked refuse to turn from darkness to see their desires come to pass. Excuse me. But the wicked refuse to turn from darkness to see their desires come to pass. And if you want to grow in wisdom, spend time with the wise. Walk with the wicked, and you'll eventually become just like them. Calamity chases a sin chaser, but prosperity pursues a God lover. Consistency in growth is just absolutely critical. John Maxwell said, motivation gets you going, but discipline keeps you growing. That's the law of consistency. I don't... It doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter how many opportunities you receive. If you want to grow, consistency is key. Say it again with me. 2022 is going to be my best year ever because I'm setting goals in my roles. I'm writing down a plan of how I accomplish that. 
and I'm going to do it every day. Wow, I can't wait to see you guys at the end of this year. You're going to be the best you've ever been. Paul said to his son in the faith, I'm just going to quote it in 1 Timothy, cultivate these things. Teach believers with your life. We're out there in the world and we're, you know, make sure before you invite somebody that you've got a positive vibe going on. Not like, <laughs> my pastor said, I have to invite you, so here's a card. Maybe you want to come, I don't know. I love Harvest Church. I love what God's doing. I love that every race comes here. I love that every age comes here. I, I, I just absolutely love it that we look like heaven. And, and I'm so thankful for that. And um, we're going to keep expanding just like that. Cultivate the things. Immerse yourself in them. The people will all see you mature right before their eyes. Keep a firm grasp on both your character and your teaching. Do not be diverted. Just keep at it. Both, both you and those that hear you will experience salvation. We are a walking witness Wherever we go, someone's feeding from our tree, eating from our tree. We're either positively influencing someone or we could be negatively influencing someone. That's why um, God doesn't promote novices in leadership because they're not ready yet. And they could set a wrong example thinking that the church condones that. No. We, we go by the word of God as our final authority. Number six, Crush your barriers of growing by knowing yourself. That's called the law of awareness. And the law of awareness becomes more clear as you get into the Word of God. And I'll talk about that in a minute. God created us. God created us. God gave us a purpose. And God not only gave us a purpose, but He has, he has a path to fulfill the length, the breadth, and the depth and height of everything he's called us to. 1 Peter 2.24 says, and 25 in the message, I'm just going to sum up, says, you were lost sheep. You had no idea of who you were or where you were going. Now you're named and kept for good by the shepherd of your soul. There's a lot of lost people out there in the world you know, the scripture says without a vision, people perish. If you, don't, if, if you don't have a proper vision, one translation says you just cast off restraint. You just go all over, get involved in things you shouldn't have. But when you get your purpose, it brings life into your life. And it brings, it, it brings satisfaction to your life. So you got to know who you are. People are never able to out perform their self-image. If you have a negative self-image, well, I'm telling you what, ladies, you better be at that authentic because I know my wife's going to help all of you guys and me too. <laughs> I get to listen. And, um, but we need to hear growth. We, we need to, we need to uh, grow in, in, in the right areas and we have to see ourselves the way God sees us. And, you know, that's why I say up front, we are what the Word of God says we are. We have what the Word of God says we have. 
We can do what the Word of God says we can do. God's Word is God speaking to me. God's Word is God speaking to you. So the next time you hear somebody say, I don't even know how to hear from God, I'm saying, read your Bible. Read out loud if you want to hear them out loud. I do read the Word out loud just so I can get all my senses involved, and then I'm quiet at times as well. Miles Monroe said it like this, your existence, how many exist right now? Yeah, about half of you. About half of you don't even exist. Come on, how many exist right now? Okay, okay. Your existence is the evidence that this generation needs something that your life contains. You're needed. You know, the church, as much as it is for us to um, receive salvation, we become a child of God. We're, we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And, you know, then we, we, have a, we have a purpose and a mission to accomplish individually. When there's a church and you become a part of that church, this is our vision, not just my vision. Whenever God gives a leader a vision, then he surrounds that leader with the people to help him and them, my wife and I, and, and fulfill that vision. And you might say, I don't even... I don't even know, you know, what to do here. Well, find, you know, what's your favorite thing to do? What's your gifting? It's probably an inclination of what you should help with. Come on now, all hands on deck. This is uh, end time hour, and we need to be about the business of God. Again, personal growth, in order for it to be beneficial, it has to be suited to your individual strengths, your assignment, your gifts, your calling. Second Timothy really gives us that the information that we need uh, to find out how to serve God. Second Timothy 3.16 says, Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, profitable for instruction, for reproof. Wait a minute, I can get instructed with God's word? Oh, yeah. And for reproof? Hey, maybe you want to read the scripture with me. Let's read it together from the top. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, profitable for instruction, for reproof, and for conviction of sin, for correction, for correction, for correction. Oh, you hurt my feelings, say, Pastor. I I just read the word. God, God knows how to correct us, and you know, you know, I might know some things about this congregation, but most things I don't know, and God hand, is trying to handle that personally. All right, let's start with correction. <laughs> for correction of error and discipline in obedience, the Word of God is for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose, and action. You will never know the will of God if you do not Get into the Word of God. Number seven, crush your barriers by developing good relationships. And the good ones in your life continue to uh, sow seed in that relationship or the relationships. I have great relationships in my life. Um. And I've heard it said again like this, you're the sum total of the top five people you spend the most time with. 
So think about five people surrounding you. Well, you're looking at yourself. Uh, in other words, when, when, when you get saved, God brings his nature on the inside of you. You become what the word says, born anew, born again, born from above, born of heaven, born of the spirit. And, and you, you have the likeness and nature of God. So if you, you're like most of us, we're out there in the world surrounded by a lot of wrong people that we're all doing the wrong thing. But God, but God touched my life. But God made me a whole new creature. But God started to change my um, desires. And then I realized the significance of the people that I hang around with is going to encourage me to go on with God or could pull me back my old mess. And that stuff come on us many times worse. I love my company. I like my company. Second Timothy chapter 2. I'm just going to start with verse 22. It says, stay away from lusts which tempt young people. Pursue what God has approved. Pursue faith, pursue love, pursue peace. Together, together, together with those who worship the Lord with a pure heart. That's who you want to be surrounded with. You can have friendships more from a distance just because you're trying to win them to come along with us. But again, uh, if you go and hang around with them, they're normally going to pull you down because it's harder to pull someone up in wrong environments. They'll normally pull you down. You, you know, I, I did that illustration with Joseph. I believe I'll do it again. Come on, Joseph. Stand up on the seat. Guess what? That seat's paid for. <laughs> this campus is debt-free. And, and that's not a statement of faith. It's actually real. All right, so I'm hanging out with Joseph and... No, you're the heathen, Joseph. No. <laughs> I was going to say, you're the heathen. Let me get up there. <laughs> All right, so, so I'm, hanging, I'm hanging around. Well, in my former life, I was a heathen. All right. <laughs> and so uh, Joseph kept hanging around with me because he just thinks I'm cool. And uh, he just loves everything about me. And, uh, yeah. So Joseph tries to pull me up to his level. And, and in the wrong places, doing the wrong things, he's trying to pull me up. But Jesus loves you. And, and those you're trying to pull up in wrong environments, you, it's easier to pull someone down than to pull someone up in the wrong environment with the wrong people. All right, Joseph. Give, let's give Joseph a hand. All right, Joseph. Thank God for good people. Number eight, crush your bears through prayer and fasting. We've been doing that. Uh, last Sunday, we concluded that. And uh, you know what? I, I want to go ahead and, and pray because on that Wednesday night, we prayed over our volunteers. I want to do that right now. Father, we just lift up our volunteers. And Father, we thank you. Without them, we have no ministry. I ask you to place, place this ministry on those who call Harvest home. Place this ministry in the heart of how they can help on a team. Father, draw at least seven or eight more to come a part of that uh, good staff for the 9 o'clock Children's Church. And Father, uh, all the areas that we're believing you for, Father, we are strengthening our teams. We are providing good leadership. And Father, I just thank you for this ministry multiplying in leadership. 
And Father, we thank you. We have workers and laborers in abundance, so I bless them. I ask you for more grace to be extended toward them, Father. Oh, their skill skill sets going up higher. And Father, all of us sharpening our axe so we can be better to serve this year in Jesus' name. If you've never served in a local church, you don't know what you're missing. It is just amazing what happens when you just simply get on a team in rotation. And, uh, yeah. So when we did a time of prayer and fasting, and really biblical fasting is withholding of things, good things that might have taken too much time or become too important to you. Fasting is about learning our dependence on God and staying before Him. And the Word says as we've prayed over our goals and different things like this and prayed out some things that needs to happen in this ministry in the future, you've got to pray before it happens. It has, to, it, has to, it has to be prayed out in the spirit world before it comes into this natural world. And then we, we pray, and then we lay prayer tracks, and then we go ahead and God does some great things, brings it to pass. Isaiah 58, 6 says, fasting will loose the bands of wickedness. Why? Because you're in the Word. You spend a little more time in prayer, right? So... The word uh, fasting will loose the bands of wickedness, undo heavy burdens. It'll let the oppressed go free and break every yoke. Thank God. So we fast not just to go on a diet. We fast because we want to stay before God and and our uh, goals for the year. Number nine, all these are building. Number nine, change your daily routine. John 8, 31 says, Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, you're truly my disciples if you remain, if you remain, if you continue faithful to my teaching, then you're going to know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, you can't change your life until you change something you do every day. Every day. I have a system of my week. I go before, you know, I, I just go before my calendar and schedule my goals and, and the different things I have to do and uh, on calendar that is, that is weekly or monthly or even annually. And then I walk it out. Is this easy, guys? Thanks. Is this easy, guys? Yeah. yeah it's a, well, I didn't plan on going to a business meeting today, but no, this is the Word of God. This is the word of God of how to fulfill what God has called you to. All right, so number 10 is really sort of consistent with some things I've already said. But the word says, be consistent. Motivation gets you going. That's good that you get going. But it's discipline that keeps you going. So we not only get going, but we keep consistent so we grow. To develop the discipline to keep growing, we've got to constantly remind ourselves of why personal development means so much to us. It, 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 it's required to reach your full purpose. It's required to uh, allow God to bring you to full expression of what he created you to be. Miles Monroe said the greatest tragedy, think about the greatest tragedy you could think of in your mind. He said, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but a life without purpose. 
There's something you are supposed to fulfill in this life. I tried to be in the business world. I did pretty well in the business world, but I, had, I didn't have any peace. So I just, you know, I really didn't even know how to hear from God at that time. But I tried, and you know, and, and I hadn't been pastored coming up. I mean, we went to church every now and then, but I, I can't say that I was pastored. And boy, I'll tell you what it is. It is so invaluable to have a pastor in your life. I know, and I can speak it boldly because for the past 34 years, my wife and I have had a pastor. Same one. And it's just amazing. So the thing about it is when you, when you start finding your purpose, do you have, you, God gives you the grace and the giftings, but then he expects you to go on the path of development. In other words, he, every single year we ought to be better at whatever our roles are. Every single year we ought to have goals and we should be better and, and, um, and be more effective for God in the kingdom of God. All right, help me now. Say I'm growing. All right. The greatest discovery in life is self-discovery. You can't even know who you are if you don't know Jesus. God's our creator. He's the one that created us for a purpose, and you get to know who you are by what God says you are. It's a whole different story than what the world's trying to tell you. The world is so darn confused. I mean, I shouldn't go there. You want me to? (laughs) I mean, again, I... We love everybody. Every lifestyle can come to Harvest Church, but we're going to try to help you um, be free of what God says is wrong. But we love you. And um, all of us, all of us came out of some pit. You might say, I was perfect. That's a pit you came out of. (laughs) That's a pride pit. And um, man. You know, Jesus came with purpose for the Son of God appeared for the purpose of destroying the works of the devil. Aren't you glad? The Son of Man came to seek to save that which is lost. We quoted this earlier. Jesus came. He went about doing good and in particular curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil. For God was with him. The devils defeated Jesus his Lord. He whipped him. On the devil's home turf. And then God raised him from the grave. Life or live your life with the consistent pursuit of God's plans. God's purposes. God's pursuits. I, 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 I speak this word and I pray this word over all of you. All of us. All those who we oversee. God, nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. You know, I find out when I first started praying that prayer, all of a sudden certain people um, started to be purged away from my life. And it sort of hurt me. I was like, man, I really want them to come along. But do you know, when you proclaim God's plans, purposes, and pursuits, you're setting things up. And you know what? Sometimes when people leave your life, it's an answer to your prayer to fulfill the will of God and fulfill his fullness. 
or they could have, you know, just pulled you down and kept you down. Romans 12, 2, it says, be transformed, changed with your entire renewal on the, of the mind by its new ideals, its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourself Prove for yourself what? When we read this word, when we meditate in this word, you prove for yourself what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. Read the last part with me. Even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for me, for you. You'll never get to the will of God if you discard the Bible from Sunday to Sunday. It's a daily thing. You can't change your destination overnight, but you can change your direction overnight. When I'm in a service, when I'm hearing from my pastor or whatever, if there's a tweak going on in my heart, um, I might not be able to change the results yet, but I, I, I change now. I didn't see it the way before. Now I do. I change that immediately. I don't pray about it. I change it. And then work on a plan that unfolds in a right way. Zig Ziglar said, you were born to win. Come on, guys. Let's get a little bit of life in here now. Say, I'm a winner. I'm a winner. Yeah, God made me to win. Made win. This is the best year of my life. <laughs> Again, I hear in your mind, you don't even know what I'm facing. Well, the word says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he's going to have what he says. What are you saying about that mountain? Well, I don't know. What, what, what scripture are you standing on? What scripture, what, what are you facing? You can find an antidote for every infection or every problem. And finally, this all comes to our point number 11, that we are going to crush our goals in 2022. And our main goal is reaching with great expectation. In 1 Peter 2, it says, you are chosen by God. Maybe you were good at athletics, maybe you weren't. Remember when people would choose teams, well, you are chosen by God. I mean, he, he absolutely says you're valuable. I choose you. Chosen by God. Chosen for the high calling of priestly work. Here's what we're chosen for. Chosen to be holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, speak out for him to tell others of the night and day difference God has made in your life from nothing to something from rejected to accepted. Stand up, please. Come on. Please don't pack up and leave yet. I have a couple concluding things that will not take long. First Peter 2 says, in your neighborhood, live an exemplary life in your neighborhood. I mean, when you're in your neighborhood and you're, you're driving out to wherever you're going, to the main road, how, how be positive and wave to people. People look mean when they're driving. 
You're going to be known as someone who's pleasant. And I know when I go silent, I look like I'm military. So I work on my smile. Um, and for years at St. Peter's with Bishop Pastors, those mothers in Zion. Anybody know what a mother in Zion is? That's the kind of mother that when praise and worship's going on, if she wants you to dance, she's going to come alongside you. She's going she to make you dance. Until you dance, she's staying here. So I had a particular um, mother in Zion that would pray with Bishop and I and some others at 6 o'clock in the morning. And uh, she, she got all in my business. You know, she, she, one morning, you might say, oh, my gosh, what does this church do? Well, I didn't like it, but I, I was praying there, and all of a sudden I felt somebody taking my shoes off. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? Taking my socks off. Now, I did look up, and, you, you know, it was a very old woman. But all of a sudden, she just took out oil and anointed my feet. I, I didn't know I needed that that morning. I preferred not having that experience. But God's got our number. You know, before I got settled in my walk with God, you know, it really, it really needed to be, God needed to become the very very first and highest priority in my life. And I had to go, go through some things that would help me overcome some things in the flesh. Way back when, just starting out on these things, and I came out of the business world because God was training me to be in the ministry. I was at a service with um, Norval Hayes. Who knows Norval Hayes? Well, he's in the grandstands of heaven now, but you know his ministry. Right? He passed? Right? Yeah. And one service, he was talking about blind Bartimaeus. And in that whole scene, blind Bartimaeus was saying, Son of David, have mercy on me. And so I was just listening to the sermon, and all of a sudden he was closed, and he said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm led to stop right now. There's some of you that are so into yourself and so prideful that you won't even express yourself to an amazing God. He said, I want all of you here that that fits. Get up here right around where he's speaking, right? You might call it an altar. And I knew I had to go. And so we went there and he said, Neil, he's being led by the Spirit of what we need. And then he said, now let's, I want you all to say, Son of David, have mercy on me. He said, You're, you, you guys are not even saying it loud enough. That was destroying some pride I had in my life because I got to a place that I didn't care what people thought. It's for me and my life, I'm going forward with God all the way. And the sooner you do that, the less regrets you'll have when you get older. And if you're older, come on now. Get in. 
get involved. Live the rest of your life with him as your first priority. If you would join me, take, take a few cards at the invite, the, the guest table out there, information desk. Take a few of those cards. Believe God to come cross contact with other people. I, I don't know just about 99 and 9 tenths of people that I invite. However, when I go back to certain places, you know, all of a sudden they say, I'm coming, I promise, I'm coming. And uh, so we treat that lightly. But um, when I think about people, my wife and I have been watching some documentaries on the opioid opioid crisis that led to fentanyl and what it does to people's lives. But here's what I want to say. We will never lock eyes with someone who doesn't matter. Some might look all together. You befriend them and all of a sudden you realize... I've come across people's pathway before. They were just saying, God, bring someone to, into my life. Someone, I, I need help. I need a prayer. I need, I need something. Send someone to me. It's happened before. And I was, and you as well, have done that, I'm sure. But our motivation comes even from statistics that say, from the Institute of American Church Growth, it says that, 10,000 people who came into the church membership, the survey said that 79% came through friends and relatives. 79%. Someone needs a church. And again, you know they need a church if when they say they have a church, they don't know the pastor's name. We all need company. We all need community. We all need to do life together and with a group of people that we can, our company. You know what? 6% said they came to church for the pastor. That's pretty humbling. <laughs> I mean, I don't want people to look at me and give glory to God. 2% came because of a special need. 5% came because of Sunday school. 5% evangelism crusade, 3% just walking in, 3% on programs, and 1% visitation. But the main thing we want to focus on, friends, relatives, and anyone in your world. Amen. Say it with me. 2022 is my best year so far. And I am what the Word of God says I am. I have what the Word of God says I have. I can do what the Word of God says I can do. God's Word was inspired by the Holy Spirit, so God's Word is God speaking to me. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your Word today. We honor your Word. We praise you. We magnify you. Oh, God, we're so thankful that that you're drawing those today that don't know you as Savior, you're drawing them to Jesus today by the Holy Spirit.
That's what's happening. And, and God forbid that you would not take heed to what God is doing and drawing you just because of who's sitting to the right or left of you. You might be embarrassed. Or, no, this is not an embarrassing time. I'm going to pray the prayer of salvation. All I need to know is that, Pastor Coyne, I want to pray that prayer with you. I don't know Jesus as my personal Savior. I know I'm being drawn by the Holy Spirit to receive him. You fit in that category today with every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, Pastor Coyne, I, I want to pray a prayer of salvation with you. Before I pray the prayer of salvation, the simple gospel is this. The Word of God says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We can't throw any stones at you. We don't judge you. And the Word says the result of sin, the wages of sin, is, is death. That's why God had to send His Son, Jesus, to become like us, to live a sinless life, put aside His divine privileges, and He became a man that was filled with the Holy Spirit to teach us what we could do to live a victorious life. He died not having committed one sin. He was tempted, the Word says, with every point that we are, yet without sin. Thank God so he could die for ours. Thank you, Jesus. But that's not all. And on the third day, because he paid the penalty for our conviction and all of our wrongdoings, then God raised him from the dead. And now Jesus is alive. And now Jesus is Lord. And, and Jesus is the Savior of the whole world. For God so loved the world, he, became, he gave his only begotten Son. Whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So, Father, I thank you again for this time and your drawing people. Pray this prayer out loud with me, everyone. Say it with me, God. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross for my sin. I'm so sorry for all the times I've missed it messed up and I look to you Jesus I believe you were raised from the dead on the third day now I'm turning to you I need you as my savior and so right now I receive you I ask and receive you as my Lord and Savior thank you for saving me no heads uh, looking up at this time, no eyes looking up at this time. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and you meant it or you needed to, why don't you raise your hand? I want to see. The word says if you acknowledge him before others. It's not secret Christianity. Thank you. Anybody else? Just say, you know what, Pastor Coyne? I settled it today. I know if I were to die today, I'm going as I prayed that prayer.